Hello and welcome to this week's shorter episode format with a thought-provoking top-up between the main shows. I hope you've been enjoying some of the incredible athleticism and courage on show at the Winter Olympics. I think of all the sports, the ski jump gives me the sweatiest palms. I actually can't imagine sitting at the top of that uh, runway uh, about to propel myself off into that uh, effortless glide. I think it would be very chaotic with arms and legs everywhere, but they are incredibly graceful and courageous. So uh, congratulations to everyone that's achieved medals so far, and I hope you're enjoying the rest of it. It was great to see so many people listening to the Amy Williams episode. Her story is just so down to earth from her background and, and so inspirational. And please do make sure you subscribe to the show and then you won't miss any of the new episodes as they get released. Thanks to everyone who's taken the time to leave a five star rating. And Adam, special thanks for your review, saying that this is informative, actionable and entertaining. Um, Well done for using the podcast 100 code for the membership. Adam, I'm really glad that you're finding that helpful and inspiring for your own career. We've actually got a great event coming up with England rugby legend Will Greenwood. So if you're keen to join our members club or you've been thinking about it for a while, head over to sportingedge.com and you'll have access to our whole library of strategies on demand. These aren't just the video interviews. This is how we've translated each of the two minute insights into a practical strategy that can help you to have a better mindset, become a better leader, build stronger teams and also lead your organization through transformation and change as well. So uh, I'll be available as your personal coach as part of that digital coaching experience and you can join the session with Will and even ask a question yourself. So head over to sportingedge.com and click on the members page to find out more. There's been a lot in the news recently about some of the world's highest profile cricket coaches getting sacked. Two or three for losing the Ashes series and one, ironically, for winning the Ashes. Graham Thorpe, Ashley Giles and Chris Silverwood, all from England, lost their roles and Justin Langer, has declined a short-term extension after winning the T20 World Cup and the Ashes with Cricket Australia. So there's been a a number of rumours actually over recent months with Justin Langer that he gets results, but he's been slightly more abrasive in his approach than some of the team would have liked. This is backed up by that strange short-term contract that left him with no option but to finish on a high and let Cricket Australia get on with the fresh start they crave. On the other hand, England head coach Chris Silverwood, who was favoured as a domestic coach uh, in that new job amongst people like Gary Kirsten, who went for the interview. He won the championship with Essex and that gave him a great springboard into the England job. Chris was criticised for pandering to the players too much and almost being too soft, the exact opposite of Justin Langer. So in a brutal two years of biosecure COVID bubbles, mental health issues and long, long tours away from home. These times seem like uh, really challenging to manage 20 or 30 people on the road and try and get peak performance out of them. But the fact is that the team didn't improve um, and they didn't perform. So that was time for him to move on. So this begs the question, where exactly is the coaching sweet spot? We've got one coach who was rejected by some of the players for being too tough and we've got another who was lost and sacked for not being challenging enough. 
as ever, sport is a transparent and emotive subject for everyone to spew their opinions out about. But if we take a step back, the philosophical debate can be applied to many leaders, any managers and coaches around the world in sport or business. So does a perfect style of leadership exist? In an attempt to find the elusive Goldilocks principle of not being too hot, not being too cold, but just being about right, I interviewed Baroness Sue Campbell, and her answer is better than any theory. I guess there are two words that, that, that come to mind, really, whether you, you're in a boardroom or, or you're coaching an individual athlete, and the two words are support and challenge. You know, your job as a coach is to be the place that you go to when things aren't very good or you've had a go at something that hasn't worked very well. It's a safe place to go. It's a place to go where you feel supported, valued um, and where you know you can have some good reflection and, and thought about what happens. But it's also a place where you know you're going to get challenged. It's not always a comfortable place. Um, and, and I think as a coach, you have to find that very fine balance between being the support, but being willing to provide that challenge about behaviour, about performance, about what went wrong. And the way you manage all that comes back to your ability to communicate. So as a coach, you've got to be a really sensitive communicator. And you've got to know when to take a strong position and be clear. And you've got to know when to step back and be supportive. But to me, coaches are, by their nature, good communicators. They're, they're very supportive individuals. But they're also people that are challenging you to be the best that you can be. I love Sue's language there, that it's a constant balance of challenge and support. The support comes from treating people as humans, as individuals with their own sensitivities, their own off-the-field issues, having the empathy to see the world through their eyes and make sense of what they need to make them feel confident, safe and trusted as a valued member of our community. Then we've got the challenge of the ambitious goal, the stretch targets for them as an individual and the relentless expectation that they're going to be looking to grow and improve continually. Criticism and forensic feedback based on evidence and data means there's no hiding place here. We need results, and the challenge comes to improve every day. Great coaches initiate and accelerate behaviour change, and that, by definition, is painful and scary, especially when you're getting scrutinised by the world's media. Learning new techniques in sport is so hard. It's stored deep in our muscle memory as a learnt sequence of motor movements. It's the equivalent of being asked to change the middle part of your squiggly signature, which you're used to signing in a flash of fingers in split seconds. You've been doing it for decades, but now you've been scrutinised for the E or the I in the middle of your name not being legible enough, and you have to slow down and as you slow down, you become more considered, more mechanical and actually start to make more mistakes. This is how it feels when you're challenging your technique as an elite performer. I remember as a cricketer trying to land my foot just two to three inches straighter in line to help me to bowl 
it more efficiently. But it felt like I was spread eagled like a spatchcock chicken as I was about to bowl. It felt so alien. A tiny movement on the ground where my foot was landing made my whole body feel like it was aligned in a different way. But great coaches balance support and challenge to make you feel psychologically, technically and emotionally safe. But they keep you honest and accountable to the change all the way. These are definitely interesting times and I'm sure for Chris Silverwood touring for months on end with players feeling battered from extended Covid biosecure bubbles, it would have been tough. Cricket probably felt like a minor detail rather than the main event and this is where support needs to be dialed up and he was definitely right to do that. I'm sure managers in the corporate arena will also need to be sensitive of the anxieties of staff returning back into our offices Or maybe that grey area of people that are struggling with long COVID. They feel fatigued by doing just a fraction of the workload that they used to do previously. So challenge alone won't work. We've got to get this human connection and this human support in place if we're going to nurture people to a place where they can be at their best. But then we've all seen cultures where standards are sloppy, accountability is low and people are going through the motions. This cosy club is doing no one any favours because the results of the team start to stagnate. But also, there's no excitement and fun. Everyone's just trying to hide and cover their backs. We all feel most fulfilled when we're being stretched out of our comfort zone to achieve something amazing for ourselves and for a greater goal as part of a diverse team. And that's the sad thing about these cosy clubs where there's not enough challenge to activate that adrenaline that we need to move forward. So this is where the great coach comes in. They sense what's needed like a performance detective and have a range of skills in their support and challenge toolkit to deploy for each individual at every moment in time. They're constantly assessing who needs what and despite having a natural style, they're happy to flex up and down the scale depending on what's needed in those current conditions that day. I remember a few years ago at a leaders conference I interviewed Rick Charlesworth the legendary Australian hockey coach and he came out with a great line that top coaches comfort the troubled and trouble the comfortable and I thought that was so apt. There is of course speculation that England cricket now needs more grit and would benefit from Justin Langer's approach, swapping his green tracksuit for a dark blue one. He's played and coached in England before, and certainly has the respect of the cricketing community here. As for his hands-on approach, I can't give my personal view because I've not seen what he's like day to day. But what I can say is he's got an amazing cricket brain, and he's passionate and a really proud competitor. He was kind enough to write an article for my testimonial brochure when I retired, And I thought it illustrated both his pride and his warrior spirit in one. I'll read it to you now. It weaves together the comparison between the baggy green cap, the iconic symbol of playing cricket for Australia, and his black belt in karate, the martial art which he excels at. So here it is, the baggy green cap by Justin Langer. Many people think cricket is just a game. To me though, It's much more than just a game. In fact, a large part of who I am today, I owe to cricket. The game of cricket has taught me about success and failure, 
about values and principles, about good and bad, about black and white. Through cricket, I've learnt about the sacrifice and commitment required to achieve excellence, about what it takes to reach the top and stay there. Through cricket, I understand vision, leadership and spirit, and the game has given me opportunities to meet people and see places that have changed my life. Cricket has provided me with opportunities that have exceeded my wildest dreams and confirmed to me the power of self-belief. Cricket has taught me the value of friendship and about courage, respect, balance and discipline. Of course, I can understand why most people see it as no more than a game. Cricket writer Peter Roebuck once wrote, Hell, it's only a game. A bloke armed with a hunk of leather tries to hit three sticks protected by another fellow bearing a lump of wood. To me, though, the game has been a faithful teacher of good and bad, and for that I will be always grateful. To have been lucky enough to earn a living by doing something I'm passionate about is just the icing on the cake. I often describe my baggy green cap as more than just a piece of cloth. In many ways, I like to compare it to the martial artist belt. My journey as a cricketer has followed a similar course to that of a highly ranked martial artist. As a young boy or white belt, I began to learn the basics of batting, just as a novice martial artist learns the basic kicks, punches, fundamentals of defence and attack. I was taught how to play defensive and attacking strokes off the front and back foot. The more I practised, the more I improved. As a result, I was able to move through the ranks of junior cricket into the lofty heights of club cricket. My constant dream was to one day wear that baggy green cap, just like a young fighter who dreamt of wearing a black belt around his waist. Through years of dedicated work and practice, where I absorbed the tricks of the trade like a sponge, I progressed to a green belt. On the day I was given my gold Western Australian cap, I felt the same way that on the day that I was presented my brown belt in karate. I knew I was receiving these awards because I'd honed my natural talent, shown strength of character and developed an ability to fight. Throughout my journey, each higher level has brought new and more difficult challenges. Each test match broadened my understanding of myself and the game of cricket. I had to strive constantly to improve every aspect of my life and game in order to survive, let alone triumph, in the tough, cutthroat world of test cricket. Those times when I was knocked down, I had to learn how to get up off the mat. I learned that it's not whether you get knocked down, but whether you get back up that makes the difference. For me, my baggy green cap symbolises all of those challenges. The sweat, the dust, the blood, the celebrations, the pain, the sacrifice, the effort, the friendships and the lessons. They're all stitched into that small piece of cloth. After 15 years of wear, my cap looks pretty tattered and torn and it smells horrible. It's never been washed for the same reason that a high-ranking martial artist will never wash their belt. That belt is a treasure and a symbol of everything they know. 
That belt and their life are so closely interwoven that under no circumstances would they wash away a single ounce of that belt's life and character. My baggy green cap holds souvenirs of many faraway lands, tells stories of camaraderie and victory, and reminds me of lessons learnt from adversity and triumph. It tells the story of a young boy who dared to dream and who wouldn't give up that dream for anything. My baggy green has all the answers as to why cricket is so much more than a game to me. So I'm hugely grateful for Justin writing that beautiful article and I hope it gives you an insight into a high-performing player and coach that he turned out to be. Striving for excellence in any field takes time and sacrifice and I'm sure Justin will get up off the mat again and take on his next challenge and I've got no doubt that he and they will be a massive success. For England and the Australian coaches who are in transition in their jobs, the coaching chemistry wasn't right at this moment in time but I'm sure they'll all learn hugely from their experiences and come back wiser with more Goldilocks skills to balance support and challenge. The other key thing to consider is the leadership mix that the team have. For example England's Joe Root comes across as a really nice guy so his coach may need to dial up the toughness. When I played for England Nasser Hussein was the tough taskmaster as captain so the coach, Duncan Fletcher, could be more of a facilitator in the background. Leaders need to surround themselves with different profiles and personalities to ensure that the environment has everything the players need to thrive. It can't be down to just one person. If I can help you or the leaders in your business in your quest for high performance, then please drop me a note through to hello at sportingedge.com We've got lots of keynotes, programs and digital content projects running at the moment across loads of corporates and entrepreneurial businesses. So myself and the team at Sporting Edge would be thrilled to help. And besides, I'd love to get out of the house. So if you do have a face-to-face event, then give me a shout. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thanks so much for sharing it with your network. And until next time, good luck with those Goldilocks principles and we'll see you soon.